You're about to hear my conversation with our Chief Fixed Income Strategist, Dustin Reed. We talk all about the recent CPI number uh, and what implications that might have for the future of Fed fund rates, uh, as well as the market impact. I hope you enjoy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Information relating to investment approaches or individual investments should not be construed as advice or endorsement. Listeners should seek professional advice for their situation. Welcome to the McKinsey Investments Podcast. My name is Matthew Schnur, and I'm delighted to be back with Dustin Reed. Dustin, welcome back. Thanks very much for having me, Matt. Dustin, we've been doing this podcast for the better part of a year on a fairly regular basis. I can't recall one time when I got an email from you saying, we need to record a podcast, uh, something big has just happened. But I got that email yesterday, uh, following the CPI numbers. Uh, they came in uh, hotter than expected. Uh, we're recording today on September 14th, the day after a 4% drawdown in uh, US markets. Dustin, why don't you walk me through uh, what you're thinking at this point in time? Uh, what does that inflation number mean uh, and, and general reaction for the market? Yeah, for sure. So I thought it would be great for our clients and uh, and our investors to maybe get a little bit of, of detail here, uh, kind of in the wake of this CPI printout of the U.S. yesterday, because it was a, in my opinion, a material market event. And you know, we obviously there are many material markets events. We could we could do you know funky stuff like that all the time. But this one, I think, is a, a big deal as we head into the fall and more liquidity, better better liquid markets and. Uh, yeah, a, a number of things. So I, th- I think the CPI data yesterday obviously was was a lot hotter than expected. We had 0.1 on the headline, uh, plus 0.1 on the headline versus minus 0.1 expected, uh, and then the core number was the big deal at at plus 0.6 versus plus 0.3 expected. And you know th- those are those are big those are big upside misses. And um, you know I think one of the themes that you and I have talked a lot about on these podcasts throughout the year and even last year is the idea that inflation was going to be higher uh, and stickier than I think most people expected. And I think yesterday was an epiphany moment for a lot of people who maybe were not on that page or in that camp, um, maybe crossing the Rubicon and saying, oh, okay, this is actually going to be a little bit stickier uh, in terms of inflation. Uh, going forward, so I think so. That's why I think yesterday was a really, really important, uh, really important event. When you look through the data, and without getting into all the nitty gritty here, but it's definitely uh, the, the the core inflation uh, gains are very broad and very deep. And, and I may have said exactly those words, um, you know, before on on previous podcasts. And I think I think the data is evolving in that in that direction. And I think this this CPI report scared scared the heck out of. Uh, out of the Fed, um, and we will see it reflected uh, next week. Within the data itself, again, not to get too nitty gritty, but we are, I think, seeing this rotation um, maybe taking a little bit longer than I thought, but we, I think we are seeing this rotation um, at least away uh, from core goods. Uh, so a lot of people know a lot of the department stores and you know the targets and uh, 
JCPenney's, you know, big, big uh, inventory discounts, right? That's not, that's not right. new news, but we're seeing this rotation, I think, away from core services, sorry, core goods into core services. So higher, higher prices for services. And that's a result of, of wages moving higher, I would say materially higher. Um, and uh, the, the labor market remaining relatively tight and uh, consumers having a, a lot of uh, a lot of cash broadly speaking and uh, willing to pay for services obviously some hangover pandemic effect you know on there as well you know travel everyone knows that story right. um, but uh, but we're definitely seeing the rotation um, I would say, away from core goods and into core services. I would also say that staples, and not to ignore headline entirely, because I think headline's important here. I mean, headline's obviously getting whipped around a fair bit by energy and particularly gasoline prices, right? Big, big higher in the summer and then uh, later summer started to fall, obviously. And so this data that we got this week was was for August. So we had lower gasoline prices, you know, here as well in Canada, but in particular, we're talking about the U.S. now, uh, you know, in in um, in in uh, August versus versus July. Um, and, and so you're seeing that come down. Uh, but but food prices continue much to the surprise of many, I would say food prices continue to uh, rocket higher. Um, right. I think food prices are up 11 percent year over year, uh, maybe 11 percent plus year over year in the U.S. Uh, you know, the um, the very. Uh, the very nice tomatoes that uh, were were relatively affordable uh, a year ago are now becoming uh, a little bit of reach, and uh, it's definitely it's definitely um, uh, you know you can see it. I think anecdotally, you know, when I you know when when I go to the store here, you can definitely see it, and sure. uh, and you can see it, and you can see it in the U.S. too. I was there a little bit, and uh, and you can see it in uh, in prices all around. So yeah, so I think the CPI data is. Uh, and you know the releases is, is material, and uh, and markets took it that way. You know we saw the front end uh, of the U.S. curve and 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 all curves in sympathy move significantly higher with a flattening inversion bias, depending on what kind of sectors of the curve you're looking at. And obviously, equities had a pretty rough day. Uh, the day of CPI, uh, you know, probably the worst day since uh, since March. Um, 2020 uh, right. in terms of a in terms of a one day down day. So uh, you know that's a that's a function of a recalibration in uh, pricing uh, in terms of the terminal rate for you know for market expectations for the Fed. And uh, yeah, obviously the market has started to come our way there. And um, you know we'll have the we'll have the Fed meeting next week. That's a great summary of of what happened. I want to follow up on a point that you made that. You, you thought the Fed was scared uh, by the, the CPI. Sure. Um, the markets are expecting a currently a 75 basis point hike. Uh, is that what your expectations are for next week? Are you thinking that they, they might go to a full 100 basis points? Um, and, and what do you like? What is what does that fear mean as far as actions for Fed? I think there was definitely a camp within the Fed that was hoping that we had been past the peak in terms of the monthly inflation right. and on a on a core basis i would say that 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 dream is probably not quite there yet given you know the data that we got this week so i think that and then kind of this broad and deep across sector gains that i was talking about earlier within the cpi data that that's the scary part for the fed i mean if when you look at and, and again not to get too academic on, but when you look at things like three month annualized data or six month annualized data uh, on the core basis, it's accelerating. 
and that that is concerning for the Fed, and the right. Fed would be concerned over that, you know, that that acceleration in the data, given that, and it is early in the cycle. We've only been hiking rates by you know for six months, but right. you know those rate hikes in theory haven't really taken hold yet, and so the Feds obviously would be very concerned that uh, even if they have taken hold in, a, in a, you know in some in some capacity that a lot more needs to be done and this is where you kind of circle back to okay where does like where does this all go like what like what does the terminal rate i.e. The, which is a fancy way of saying how high do does policy need to go how high does fed funds need to go in the cycle and and very important for how long does it have to get yeah. held there yeah. uh you know to kind of clamp down and kind of get the froth out of out of uh, prices, out of out of inflation, so I think next week for the Fed, um, you know, seventy five is more than price at this point. Um, after the CPI data, we're actually into flirting with a hundred basis point oh, hike, which would, yeah, which would be a big one. Um, yeah. Last time I looked, we were around eighty three basis points priced okay. for uh, for next week. So you're 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 eight, call eight eight basis points of twenty five. So what's that? So about thirty percent, thirty two percent priced of a hundred for a hundred basis point hike next week. And, and that'll that'll move around, obviously. Sure. Um, I think I think that's probably a bit aggressive. I'm I'm in the 75 camp, and I've generally been in the camp for the Fed that uh, they will extend the rate hike cycle for longer in terms of actually hiking rates at meetings and holding the rate at a higher level, as opposed to just jacking it up at, in big chunks right at the beginning and 75s to be fair are not small chunks but sure. um so a little a slightly different take versus the boc bank canada the way uh, the way the bank canada's gone but um <clears throat> but i think we're you know uh september this is a september meeting obviously this is a forecast meeting for the fed we will get new dots so to speak and 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 outlook in terms of you know growth uh, core pce uh, the 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 labor market, the unemployment rate, that sort of thing, on the on the dots, which is what everyone focuses on, and and probably rightly so. I think we're going to see a big a big uh, elevation here on on 2023, and I think that we could see some of the hawkishness that was apparent in 2023 previously maybe blend into 2024 to a point. Um, so I think that uh, I think we're in for a, a hawkish meeting. I think the market is, to be fair, prep for a hawkish meeting. But I think they'll do 75, and I and I and I don't see them letting off in terms of the tone. Uh, the July FOMC press conference, the Powell press conference in late July. I don't want to say it was a mistake, but you know he introduced a couple of. Uh, you know, it could be a little of this, a little of that, a little bit of two-way stuff. And so maybe on a list of 10 things, he listed two that were, could be taken as dovish and the market just completely ran with that, if you recall. Yes. And then they basically spent the next week coming back and saying, no, 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 you know, we're still, we're still very, very hawkish. And then Jackson Hole was obviously, uh, I mean, you couldn't, it was a very short speech. It was eight minutes. You couldn't find anything two-way it was all one-way hawkish yeah. i would be very surprised if there was any deviation from that hawkish hawkish message from jackson hole i think they learned their lesson from the july fomc you if you if you if you give an inch you will lose a mile and uh and so i suspect that that's the case but the market is the market is very much you know expecting this now anyway so we'll have to see what goes in uh in terms of pricing uh if the fed you know, if we go in at 85 basis points and the Fed really wants to do 75, 
uh, that'll be that'll be challenging. You wonder if there's going to be some sort of Wall Street Journal, uh, you know, blue blue horseshoe event or something like that that would uh, uh, cause you know cause you know cause someone to come out and basically and, and do something like we had at the June at the June FOMC meeting. Um, so I think uh, I think there's a few things to to watch for sure. Um, the Fed is probably the last entity that really wants to say it's going to be causing a recession, but I think we are going to see something with respect to a higher unemployment rate uh, by the Fed. I think it knows that it needs to cause a recession uh, to, to, to move forward here. And I think the Fed also knows that, although it doesn't want to admit it, that the odds of a hard landing just went up significantly because the terminal rate has to go up and probably has to be held for longer. So this idea of engineering a soft landing, there's been a little bit left of that. It started a little. It started in Q2, and there's been some discussion around um, some discussion around the uh, lately that the Fed can still try and engineer a soft landing. But I think that realistically, that is well, I, my personal opinion is that I think that that's extremely unlikely, and I've held that view for a while. And I think that we're going to stop seeing that kind of language from the Fed because. I think they probably know it's disingenuous at this point. I mean, it's going to be exceptionally tough to land a, uh, you know, like a 757 on an aircraft carrier. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be pretty pretty impossible. So, uh, so there's a there's a lot to watch. I think for for next week's FOMC, and and I think that um, you know I'm definitely concerned about risk assets here, mm. um, and and this view that. We could continue to uh, invert the curve further, speaking of twos, tens, and even keeping an eye on fives, thirties, which have now inverted X, X post CPI, I think, um, you know, I think is still very much intact. And I would not be surprised if we revisited the, the lows in twos, tens, minus 42 basis points, and, and, even, and even went beyond. Because I think, I, think, I think we are going to start trading the recession theme again, maybe not immediately, but soon-ish. Uh, after this, like relatively, uh, relatively uh, decent run of, of output data, uh, but but that is probably not going to last. And I think that as soon as the market starts trading the recession uh, theme again, then we're going to be talking about uh, talking about um, a further inversion of the curve. Right. Um, so I guess with that in mind, Dustin, what are you in the portfolio? Uh, I guess, how were you positioned going into uh, two days ago and, and what changes have you made since? So we've been dipping our toes into adding some duration in the long end. So, mm -hmm. so buying, buying long end of the curve. And, um, you know, the risk here is that I'm even though I've been relatively hawkish, I think, versus the market that I'm actually not hawkish enough and the front end gets dragged or maybe not drag the fronting uh, moves so much higher that the back end gets dragged with it, even within right. a flattening or inverting curve bias. Right. So that would be, that would be the risk. Um, but we've been kind of on the idea of trading this, uh, this recession theme to come uh, and that at some point there's going to be a pretty good grab for duration. And if there's a bit of a sell-off in risk assets um, that, that we, you know, we should be getting slightly long, the long end of duration. So we've been, Focused on that and continuing to be, you know, tactically uh, short uh, the front end. Although we haven't been playing the U.S. one per se, we've been uh, playing a little bit around with the Canadian curve and, and definitely the German curve, which we talked a few times around right. uh, on 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 these podcasts. Um, you know, because ev everyone's getting 
you know, everyone's getting affected by the number. The U.S. generally leads, and uh, a lot of these a lot of these curves move move in sympathy. Uh, maybe not like for like one for one, but uh, they they do move directionally. So, you know, we have seen a pretty good move in in the Canadian curve and the German curve on on the back of this. Um, but generally, I think we've been we've been adding a little bit of uh, a long duration in in the back end, and we've also been adding to our our uh, <clears throat> I would say our our tail risks in terms of just kind of getting prepped in case there's a big downdraft in, in, uh, in risk assets. Uh, right. so, so just, you know, shoring up our hedges and that sort of thing. And we've been cleaning up, I think our credit book, uh, a fair bit, um, in terms of, dis- uh, 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 dispersing of, uh, some of the more, um, uh, higher yielding, uh, or, you know, high yield names, uh, and, uh, and, and, and in the loan sector, uh, as well across the portfolio, just to try and make sure we have a slightly better credit quality, but trying not to uh, necessarily lose yield for, you know, rep- uh, lose yield for that. So basically kind of trade, trade up on, uh, on the, on the credit scale without sacrificing yield too much. So we've kind of been shoring up the portfolio from, from that perspective, I would say we're still in early days doing that. Um, and so, and, and so, you know, we're kind of, you know, legging into this as opposed to just clear cutting, so to speak. Um, so I think there's probably, is probably a little bit more to go, but there, there, you know, this, this probably won't move linearly and, and themes never do. So there's, there's some tactical alpha trading to kind of come, uh, within this. Um, but yeah, I think those are kind of the main, probably three or four things that we're doing within the portfolio, kind of what we had thought maybe going into CPI as well as kind of coming out of CPI. Um, uh, in, in terms of in terms of going forward and positioning the portfolio, so I think you know we we remain you know we definitely remain uh, you know optimistic in terms of being able to uh, you know uh, extract you know gr- good yields and 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 decent sure. returns versus benchmark you know within a fixed income perspective. But I think we're realistic in terms of where this is going and uh, where Fed funds where the risks are for Fed funds. You know I think Fed funds terminal rate will now be at least four and a quarter four and a half with upside risk. Um, and, uh, you know, these, these comments from Dudley that, uh, we could be seeing a five handle in fed funds, I think are not unreasonable here. Mm-hmm. Um, if we continue to see inflation prints, um, uh, in, in the months and quarters ahead, like we have, uh, in, in, uh, you know, in the recent weeks and, uh, and month. My, what a change a year and a half brings as far That's as right. interest rates. That's right. That's pretty incredible. Uh, well, Dustin, thank you uh, very much for spending uh, this time uh, and uh, and for being our Sherpa for interest rates uh, <laughs> uh, over, the, over the past uh, while. So look forward to having you back and, and we'll continue uh, to, to discuss uh, where the Fed is going. Thanks again. That sounds great, Matt. Thanks very much. The content of this podcast, including facts, views, opinions, and recommendations, is not to be used or construed as investment advice and is not an offer or an invitation to buy or sell any security. The content of this podcast should not be relied upon for any purposes and McKenzie Financial Corporation is not responsible for any reliance upon it. This podcast includes forward-looking information that reflects our current expectations or forecasts of future events. Forward-looking information is subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those expressed herein. Our views are subject to change based on market conditions. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the fund facts and prospectus before investing. The indicated rates of returns are historical annual compounded total returns, including changes to unit values and reinvestment of all dividends or distributions and does not take into account sales, redemptions, distribution, or optional charges or income taxes payable by any security holder that would have reduced returns. 